Well, hello, everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, one of the things that we we need to be concerned about as Christian parents is how are we passing our faith on to our kids? And one of the best ways to do that is a regular habit of family devotions. Boy, that's the truth. And, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Oh. You know, the research shows that not a lot of Christian families have family devotions. Mm-hmm. No. And that's really sad because this is... This is a primary way that you can teach your kids mm-hmm. to serve the Lord. You know, do you remember that time Sam was home from college? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, because he was very um, he was a very active boy. Uh, that's putting it mildly. Uh, he yes. was wildly <clears throat> active. Okay, yes. he never one, sat one still. One might even say hyper. Yes. Okay, <laughs> he was there, and and you know we had family devotions, and he just did not seem to be in the same room. He was he was there. But he was brain, waving his feet in the air. Yeah. He was kicking things. I know. Just kind of a distraction. And we just, well, maybe the others will get some benefit out of this. <laughs> so <laughs> this was not long after he'd gone away to college. Mm-hmm. I think he came home for Christmas break. And he was sitting here, and we had family devotions. Right. And he said, he waited till we were done, and everybody left the room. And he said, mm-hmm. Mom, Dad, don't ever stop doing this with the kids. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, devotions don't ever stop having family devotions with the kids mm. and i was like what why, why, why is this one saying yeah, something like that yeah why do you say that son yeah and he said you know he said when i'm away at college and i'm in bible study these are all christian kids most of them raised in christian families but they don't know anything about the word of god mm. we start talking and they say things and i think wait that you know Lord said something different than that. Mm-hmm. And he said, all these passages come to mind that I just heard because you guys read these things again and again to us growing up. Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know I was paying attention. I said, I didn't either. <laughs> but it was getting through and it was it was registering and it was it was there that the Lord would bring it out of his memory. Even if he wasn't sitting there consciously rehearsing it or anything. That's right. Just that he would remember it at a critical time when he needed yes. it. And so, yeah, I mean, that was a great testimony, I thought. It, that really was an encouragement. And at the time, you know, at the time we didn't see that coming. But no, we were just trying and, to be faithful. And we still had four children younger than him at home. Right. And right. so it was a real encouragement to us. And, you know, the, the scripture tells us mm-hmm. that... We need to be raising our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and yeah. particularly Christian leaders. Well, you know, it, it says when, when Paul's giving the, the Lord's qualifications for an elder, uh, one of the things he says is that an elder must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. You know, And that's First Timothy 3, 4. So you see that qualification to serve as a leader in the church, it's sort of based on are you a leader in your home? To begin with, to show, right. are you used to dealing with people with different attention spans and distractions and the rest? So, so that, you know, that should be an encouragement. But, you know. But why is it so hard, Al? Well, okay. It's hard because it's a spiritual exercise. Well, that's it. It's we a have an opponent. Battle. We have spiritual opposition. But yeah. beyond that, just in the just in the normal day-to-day earthly sense, you know, we, we got to recognize you're not teaching a seminary class. You're not teaching, you know, an adult Bible study. You're talking to kids of different ages, different attention spans. You really have to say, what you know, who's my audience here? And I think we have this idea that, you know, if I were godly, I would get up early in the morning and we'd have devotions for at 5 a.m. Y'all, right. I 
it's all I can do walk to the bathroom at 5 a.m. and then I'm just straight to bed. You know, well, I can't. Yeah, we had we had friends who were able to do that, but that you know what that was not our household routine, and it's not commanded one way or the other. You know, you really have to choose what's the best time of day for, for your, your family. For your family for that period of time. Because you know what you're able to do when your kids are little versus when your kids are teenagers. Yeah. You know, that, that changes. And so there's not a, a single right time to do it. Yes. Um, you know, there's not a single right length. And it's one of the things, you know, we, we kind of realized it's better to it's better to, to do it consistently for a short time than to do a great big huge one chunk that never gets repeated. So you got to think, well, what are they able to, to really comprehend and stay on task with? And what is a length that will allow us mm-hmm. to not dread coming back and doing it tomorrow? But at the same time, we'll have you something, know? some content to it. Absolutely. You, know? you want you, you want to say something more than thirty seconds, probably, <laughs> but probably less than thirty minutes. You know. Yeah, generally most be. days. Yeah, that that. You just you know, have to figure what's what's the best the best length of duration for your children and your yeah. that your phase of life. And we have to figure out what's the right depth to go into. You know that we might read read a passage mm-hmm. that's controversial, and you know it for if you have a student ready to go off to college, you might want to cover that in more depth than yeah. you would if you have all preschoolers. Right now, right. what if you have a mix of ages? Then you can. Explain it to your older kids and boil it down for your younger kids, you know? You know, and younger kids will pick up more than you expect. Way so, more than you expect. But, but yeah, I mean, just keeping it at the right depth. You know, just say, what are we doing here? Are we are we having a, a deep doctrinal class? Or are we just trying to focus our minds and hearts on the Lord on a daily basis? Just to get us started on the day, say. So, you know, what you, what you aim to accomplish in that time is going to be different. Well, you know, something that interested me is I did a little math. Uh If you do 15 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. just five days a week, Mm -hmm. and you miss a couple of weeks each year, Mm -hmm. your kids will have over a thousand hours of Bible instruction from your family by the time they're 18. That's a lot. It's a whole lot. That is a lot. You know, we consider that if you're working full time an eight hour, eight hour a day job, you know, 2,200 hours is a full year. Of, of full-time employment so you're talking about getting like like six months of full-time study over the t- over the course of their childhood and that's just 15 minutes a day that's incredible yeah, so. yeah and you know 15 minutes a day is not much no no it's not you know all of us have time for that we really do have time for that you know so, what we we need to stop and give some time for our sponsor <laughs> I was just about to yeah, say well, that. that's right with yeah. great minds think alike so but come back because we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles okay Okay. So hang in there. Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today.
Okay, so we're going to talk about we're talking about family devotions and why is it so hard? And there are obstacles and hurdles and obstructions to getting this done. And, you know, one of them. Well, I, I mean, let's be honest. A lot of times, moms will say, "You know, it's just me." Well, yeah, that is probably the biggest question I hear from people is they say, I don't know what to do. My mate isn't interested yeah. or they won't lead us in family devotions uh-huh. or they can't. Maybe dad's deployed. Or, or maybe he you has know? to leave the house at 430 in the morning to be on this job site. He I mean, might it's... be working two jobs to support the family. Right. And so what do you do in that, in that case? If you have a mate mm-hmm. who it's just busy and just it's not as much on their heart as it is on yours. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can say, yeah, is there anything you can do to make this easier? Yeah, would you like for me to remind to get everybody ready and then remind you? So that's not that's not scolding or disrespectful or anything. That's really saying, let me help you do this. If you, you if you would like to do this and you're finding it difficult to to bring it about, let me let me come alongside of you and help. Um, but you know sometimes sometimes you got a mate who just doesn't. You know, he doesn't know the Lord. It's not a priority for him at all. And I think it's really it's really important for those moms to realize, you know what, you just need to take the opportunities God's given you. Absolutely. You know, that it's not, it's not something that only dad can or only dad should do. No, your kids need the Word mm-hmm. of God, mm-hmm. no matter who shares it with them. Yeah. And I think you need to trust the Lord to use that to glorify himself, just yeah. like he did in the case of Timothy from the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so so what does Paul say to young Timothy? Paul is mentoring Timothy as a church-planting missionary, and he says, he says, I see the same faith in you that was first in your mother and in your grandmother. He doesn't mention the father at all. Yeah. You know, we know that Timothy's father was Greek, and, you know, that... Could mean that he was a pagan? Uh, you know, he just doesn't enter into the discussion. But Paul says, you know what? You have a faith that you've learned and you've emulated the, from the example of your mother and your grandmother. Okay, great. There's there's biblical warrant right there. And then, you know, think about Augustine, because he, we know about his father. His father was awful. Oh, he was an absolute rat. But, but Augustine's mother was a very faithful yeah. woman who prayed for him, prayed for God's light to come into his heart. And eventually... After you know this prodigal wandering that Augustine did as a young man, he came to faith and became yeah. a powerhouse in in the early church. And so, just recognize that that you know mom's faith and mom's faithfulness can be really critically important if dad is just not there or is not able to be there. Or dads, because there are cases where the dad knows the Lord and the mom doesn't. And That's so also true. Whoever it is, if you're on your own, trust the Lord to stand in the gap and do, use whatever opportunities you have to to bring the word to your children. Okay. What about what if you feel self conscious about now, things? I hear this sometimes too that <laughs> you know people say you know I'm just I'm not that great a reader. I feel self conscious about reading in public. Mm-hmm. Public meaning even their mate and children. <laughs> reading out loud. Period. Yes. Well, and let's be honest. The Bible's got a lot of words and a lot of a lot of names and things words. that are difficult. They are challenging. Okay, that's that's real. Well, you know, there's different ways you can approach that. You might ask your mate, your husband, or your wife, or whatever. Would you mind reading? Because I have trouble sounding this out as or we go along. Or you don't even have to say that. 
Yeah. You can just say, would you mind reading the Word of God so I can concentrate on what, what would I, we need to say afterwards? Sure. <laughs> you don't have to expose yourself. Yeah. You know, you can just say that. You can ask a, a child who's reading to read. Uh-huh. It's a great experience for them, and maybe it might make them be less self-conscious when they have kids, you know? You know, one thing that's useful is if you use an audiobook version of the Bible. We do that sometimes when we're traveling. You happen to be traveling on a Sunday uh, that... Uh, we can bring up an audiobook version in, in the car and all listen to the scriptures together. And so that's, you know, those are things that may help help you get around that little snag. Um, you know, what about singing? Some people are very shy about singing. Some people yeah, can't carry a tune in the me. bucket How? and all the rest. I am that person who uh-huh. does not have any musical talent and I'm in a family of musical prodigies. You know, everybody in the family but me is musically talented. Well, you know, the scriptures say that we should let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If you are properly trained and you have properly backed up tracks and you have the light show and the the clouds machine. No, all that. It just, it It commands you. And and that's that's the conclusion I finally came to. Yes. That I was just going to sing. And if I wasn't exactly on key... That was okay. I used resources like Hymnary. Yes. That I could play the track and sing along with it. Yes. I used, you know, playing the playing the instrumental version of the music. Uh-huh. But I sang it anyway. And you know, what's kind of sweet is yes. our kids. Uh-huh. That we were singing the family over Christmas and I was singing kind of quietly because mm-hmm. I'm a little embarrassed. Everybody else sings so beautifully. Mm. And somebody said, sing louder, Mama, so I can hear you. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm not a great singer. And they said, oh, Mom, I love your voice uh-huh. because they love me. There you, you know? go. And so don't be afraid to sing in front of your kids. Your kids need to sing. They need to hear it. God has the original auto-tune. His ear hears your heart. And so don't, don't be shy when you're singing to the Lord. That's mm-hmm. important. Now, here's another obstacle. Okay. Uh, Those kids like Sam. What about the wild child? The, the, the chi- distractible now, I say and Sam, but it wasn't just him. No, no, no. no several t- turns. I remember one of them when he uh, was little uh, would s- sit in those. You, do you remember those blue wingback chairs we had for a long time? Yes, I remember those. He would I just do. bounce. Up, boing, 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 the whole time we tried to do devotions. Or, or the one that we had one of those giant exercise balls. Yes. And, and and she would sit on that and just go boing, 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 just wiggle all up. But you know what? The funny thing is, I think I think sometimes children's wiggliness is like, I've been in meetings where there's women who are sitting there doing uh, needlework. They're doing crochet or knitting yeah. or something during the meeting. Their minds are tuned in to what's going on in the meeting, but they've got something going on in their hands to keep part of their mind from wandering off, I think. Well, and you know, what I found out is those kids who were so wiggly often heard every single word I said, or you said, and, which is amazing, but yeah. the the hard part is really for the parents sometimes to focus through the distraction. Uh, yeah. Well, okay, but you know what? That is a life skill. And, it is. And we need to help our children learn how to... F- focus and how to screen out distractions and side noises and such like that to concentrate on things that are important. And we need to do it ourselves and we need to not not let the enemy win, not let distractions stop us from doing it. Yeah. But you know, some people struggle with wondering what to say because they don't, they might feel like they don't have enough Bible knowledge. You know, I've heard people say that, but you know, one thing is we need to make sure we're having our own personal devotions that we're reading the word 
of God ourselves. You know, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. Yeah. You know, and that God would give us wisdom if we ask for it. He delights to give us wisdom. And so, um, you know what? It, and it's, I tell you what, it's like homeschooling that there's a lot of times that you realize, I don't remember everything about this subject, but I know more than the child I'm teaching. Yeah. And, and so, you know what? Have your own devotions because you need to have your own tanks filled up so that you can fill the others. Um, one thing that's really helpful, if you get a really good devotional book yourself, you can learn not just to read to the kids, although you might, but to, you can learn how to break a, the meaning out of a passage. Well, I remember when we were first married, somebody gave us a copy of um, J.C. Ryle's Expository Thoughts on the Gospel, which sounds so dry, but it's not. No, it's very good. What he did is he starts in Matthew and he takes very short passages and breaks them down devotionally. Right. And he just kind of shows you how to do it. And yeah. it, as he goes through the Gospels, his devotions get longer and more in-depth. And right. I, it, it was really helpful to me to understand how to do that. Now, what if you've got questions? If you've got something, there's a passage that you're really scratching your head over saying, I'm not sure what to take from this. Um, Matthew Henry's commentary is very readable. And you can get single version, single volume editions of it. And, and it's available it's very, online. It's too. very devotional, too. Yeah. And so... You know, if you just need somebody, you know, remind me what this passage is about. Yes. Matthew Henry is a great, a great resource. And you can find commentaries and things like that at blueletterbible.org. Yes. That's a great resource. That's right. Okay. And so so, so what, what, though, what if you fail? Okay. What if you start this and then you get busy and you start missing a few days? What do you do? Okay. The New Year's resolution syndrome is I am going to give up blank for for the new year and you get three weeks into it and you find yourself doing doing blank <laughs> drinking soft drinks or too much coffee or whatever not going to the gym and then you say gyms what? stay in business over new year's resolutions that's right that's right they stay in business of over good intentions but you know yeah. what? it's very easy to, to get discouraged and say oh well it's no good uh but you know what I think what we have to recognize is you're going to fail. You're going to stumble because we have spiritual opposition and we are fallen creatures and we get yes. fatigued or distracted or whatever. And when we miss a day, we say, oops, we forgot to do this. Let's be sure and do it again tomorrow. And you start again. That's, that's all I can say. You yeah. Just, just keep starting Try again. Try something different. If you've been using a devotional, just use the Word of God. If you've been using, uh -huh. if you've just been reading from the Word of God, maybe try a devotional. Yeah. Try something different. Try a different time of day. You know, make it simpler and shorter. Yeah. You know, but start again. And, and again, again. And again. And again. As just start over as many times as you need to do. But because this is so worth it. Yeah. This this makes a big difference to you and your kids. And this is what, you, you just got to make it happen. Yeah. Now, a question may arise. Well, what does it actually look like? We're talking about making sure it happens. Well, what is it going to look like? Let's talk about that next, next episode. Time. Okay. So we're going to be talking about family devotions and maybe what kind of form they might look like in your family. Uh, but that'll be next time. So uh, go out to our website at RaisingRealMen.com. Hit the shop. Yes. If you want to have an idea of what this can look like for your kids, right. we produce um, a family devotional called mm -hmm. Christ-Centered Advent. It's aimed yes. at the Advent season, but we hope... We hope that, huh? that the Easter version will be out here before Easter. We shall see. We'll see. Okay, but yeah. go check it out, and I think I'll give you a hand. Okay, great. So we hope you'll join us again next time. We're talking about making biblical family life practical. Until then, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye.
You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.